listening to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Come on, let's praise God for evangelist Faith Brooks. Ah. Well, come on and put your hands together and let's give God the praise. Hallelujah! The Lord is so worthy, isn't he? He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be adored. He's worthy to be worshipped. Don't you just love him today? Just lift up your hands to the Lord and just tell him, Lord, we just love you. We bless you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Just open up your mouth and begin to tell him, Lord, I just bless you. Oh, we give you glory. We give you honor, Father. There's such a sweet presence of the Lord in this place. And I just believe that whatever you need this morning, that God is going to give you just what you need. Before you take your seat, would you just grab the person next to you, their hand, and look at them and tell them, it's not a mistake that you're here this morning. Your steps have been ordered by the Lord. You're in the right place at the right time to hear a word from the Lord. Hallelujah! Glory to God. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Certainly on this morning, what a wonderful delight it is and pleasure for me to have the opportunity to be here with you at Revival Tabernacle. I've seen this ministry for many, many years and heard so much about this ministry over the years, the great work that you have done. And what a joy it was for me when I found out, just by on Facebook actually, that Pastor Goff and his lovely wife had assumed the responsibility of pastorate here at this church. I was absolutely delighted, overwhelmed, because of course I've known this family really all of my life. My parents knew his grandparents before I was even born. My parents knew his mother, amen, and his aunts and uncles. 
before he was born. And so it just overwhelms me. And of course, as he shared with you how the Lord blessed me to give him that word. And a lot of times, you know, when you give a word, you don't know when it's going to come to pass. But when I saw him on Facebook and I saw he and his wife and with his daughter here and up on this stage and how you all were gathered around him and just loving on him, it, it just brought tears to my eyes to see the manifestation of the promise of God coming to pass in his life. And so today I just want to say to Pastor Goff and his wife and his mother, his entire family, that I celebrate you today along with Revival Tabernacle. Put your hands together and give your wonderful, illustrious pastor a round of applause. Well, he told me that this was Super Bowl Sunday and that you all were going to dress down today. And I looked in my closet to see what I could wear, and I couldn't find absolutely anything to wear. I mean, I, I was going to wear a blue jean skirt and a blue jean jacket, but it, it just wasn't quite, you know, I didn't feel that it fit right. And so I just said, well, I'm just going to wear what I usually wear when I minister. So excuse me if I'm a little bit overdressed. <laughs> but I'm just so delighted to be here with you. Well, I do believe there is a word from the Lord for us today that he has dropped in my spirit and I want to share with you, we're going to look at Job, the first chapter. And I'm going to go right down to the 10th and the 11th verses. And also Hebrews 6 and 10. And I want to talk to you today, if I were to take a subject, your setback is a setup for a comeback, if I were to take a subject, all right? In Job, <clears throat> here in these passages of Scripture, if you have that say, man, it says, and the Lord <clears throat> turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. And Hebrews 6 and 10 says, For God is not unrighteous, to forget your work and labor of love which ye have shown toward the name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. It reads 
in another version here, that particular passage, Hebrews 6 and 10, God is not unfair. He will not forget the work you did or the love you showed for him in the help you gave and are still giving to fellow Christians. The purpose of this message today is to prophetically speak into your circumstances, your life situations, that although last year, maybe 2016, was not a good year for you, maybe the last couple of months have not been easy months for you or the last couple of weeks or the last couple of days or maybe all throughout your life you found yourself in a position of struggle. I want to encourage you today to know that your disappointment, your heartache, the frustration that you've been through, the sickness that you may have gone through, the loss of job, the loss of income, your setback, whatever it may be, God is setting you up to bring you back. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm coming back. Look at somebody else and tell them, I'm coming back greater than I was before. Your best success is coming, and it comes after oftentimes our greatest disappointments. When we talk about a setback, there's an illustration that I want to share with you, and it talks about a parakeet named Dixie. I love this story. This parakeet, one second, he was peacefully perched in his cage. He was singing a song into the air. And the next second, he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. His problem began when his owner decided to clean his cage with a vacuum. She had stuck the nozzle in to suck up the seeds and the feathers at the bottom of the cage when nearby the telephone rang. Immediately, instinctively, she turned to pick the phone up. She had barely said hello when swoosh, Dixie got sucked in. She gasped. She let the phone drop and she switched off the vacuum. With her heart in her mouth, she unzipped the bag. And there was Dixie. He was alive, but he was stunned. 
covered with heavy gray dust. She grabbed him and she rushed to the bathtub, turned on the faucet full blast, and held Dixie under the torrent of ice cold water, washing him clean. Then it dawned on her that Dixie was soaking wet and he was shivering. So she did what any compassionate pet owner would do. She snatched up the hairdryer and blasted him with hot air. Did Dixie survive? Yes, he did. But he doesn't sing much anymore. <laughs> he just sits and stares a lot. It's not hard to see why. Sucked in, washed up, and blown over. That's enough to steal the song from anybody. And you know what? Life experiences can cause you to be sucked up, to be blown over, and to be dry. Experiences that cause you to lose your passion, to lose your dream, to lose your focus, to lose your inspiration, your motivation, to lose your dream. But I believe today that the Holy Spirit wants to energize you, to motivate you, to encourage you so that you will hope again, so that you will dream again, so that you will believe again. God wants you to realize today that whatever your setback has been, whatever you have gone through, he's preparing you. He's equipping you for something great that he's going to do in your life. The enemy has been talking to you and trying to discourage you and tell you that your life is over, that you can't make it, that you can't do it, that you can't dream again, that you can't have that business again, that you can't have that ministry again or the relationship or the marriage or the future that God had in store for you. God wants me to tell you, yes, you can. Yes, you can, and yes, you will. It's not too late. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. It's never too late to dream again. When you talk about a setback, I just want to talk about a setback for a moment. A setback, what is a setback? A setback is a problem that makes progress more difficult. A problem that makes things worse 
than they were. A setback is disappointment. It's frustration. It's a letdown. It's a breakdown. It's a collapse. It's a crash. A setback could have been a car accident. A setback could have been a bad diagnosis. Everybody faces setbacks. How many of you in this room can say, I've been through a setback? Do you know what it feels like to be disappointed? Do you know what it feels like for your back to be up against the wall? Do you know what it feels like for a door to be closed in your face? The discouragement, the disenchantment. But God wants you to know today that your setback is a setup for a wonderful comeback. When we look at Job in this passage of Scripture, Job here, sterling character, Job was a blessed man and he had a great family, great wealth, animals, servants, and a great reputation. God considered Job to be a holy man, a great man. God himself describes Job as blameless and upright. I mean, out of all the people that something like this could have happened to, why Job? He was doing all that he could. He was, he was coming to church every Sunday. He was serving in the ministry. He was giving what he had. He was doing the best he could. Why Job? Why you? Job was placed in a situation in which he was stripped of all of his wealth, his children, his servants, and his health. And here Job says, I don't care what happens. I don't care what I go through. I'm going to serve God until I die. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's a song that we sing. And it, it says something like this. I still have joy. I still have joy. After all the things I've been through, I still have joy. I still have joy. I still have joy after all the things I've been through. I still have joy. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to steal your joy. You think that he doesn't want you to have a nice home or he doesn't want you to have a nice car or he doesn't want you to have the job that you have or he doesn't want your family to stay together. No, no, no. It's not all of those things. The devil wants to 
wants to steal your passion. He thinks that if he continues to come against you, that you will curse God. But how many of you know that you're not going to curse God? <laughs> come on, tell the Lord, I'm not going to curse you. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on to your word. I'm going to hold on to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to hold on. That's what Job did. Job held on to his faith. The Bible says that he fell down upon the ground and he worshiped the Lord. Job said, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalms 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. The Lord turned the captivity of Job. Your setback is a setup for a comeback. I want to give you, before I close this out, I want to give you 10 ways to deal with setbacks. There are some things that we need to do when we find ourselves in the middle of a setback so that we can keep going. Number one, sit back and reflect. Get some quiet time. Get some time to yourself in which you can reflect on the Lord. You can get quiet before the Lord. Number two, find a confidant a prayer partner, someone that can agree with you in prayer, someone that can join in the struggle, the challenge. Not somebody that's going to gossip, not somebody that's going to call somebody else and tell all of your business, but somebody that's going to pray. Number three, stay positive. So oftentimes, we begin to speak negative words. We talk about the problem. We talk about the situation and the circumstance. Somebody said, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? And oftentimes, all we can say is the glass is half empty. Look at the positive side. Number four, focus on the future more than the past. Forget what is behind. 
Forget about what happened last year. Forget about what happened 10 years ago. It's over. This is a new beginning. This is a new year. This is an opportunity for you to start all over again. Learn from the experience. Number six, be careful regarding blame. Blaming somebody else. Well, they didn't treat me right. They didn't do me right. Well, my, I didn't have a mother. I didn't have a father. Stop the blame game and take responsibility for who you are today. Find a way to benefit is number seven. Number eight, write about your experience. If you can't write about it, find a journal and write about it. If you can't find a journal and write about it, then tell others about it. Share your testimony. Teach others from the experience that you've had. And remember, finally, number 10, that failure isn't final. Just because you failed, just because you had a setback, it's not final. It's not over. Your life is not over. God wants to reinvent you. God wants to reinvent your life. Amen. God wants to do something new and something fresh in your life. That's what happened with Job. The word of the Lord says, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. He turned it around. He turned it around. And that's what God is getting ready to do for you. In Hebrews 6 and 10, it says, for the Lord is not unrighteous, to forget your work. God has not forgotten about you. He has not forgotten what you did. He has not forgotten. He sees the tears that you have cried. He sees the struggle that you've been through. And he's waiting to turn your situation around. How do I know that? He did it for me. It was, I guess, 10 years ago, I had gone away to Oral Roberts University. The Lord told me to do that, and I stepped out to believe him. And I went to ORU while I was here. I never was an A student. I didn't really like to read. I didn't like school. And as a matter of fact, one of my counselors told me, you might as well just go into, uh, just find something you like to do like nails or hair or something like that because you'll never be good in a university. And I had a low self-esteem. I had a low self-worth. I didn't feel that I could do it, that I could achieve. 
And then the Lord told me to go to Oral Roberts University. And I stepped out by faith to do it. I went on to Oral Roberts University and the Lord supernaturally helped me. He sent people around me to help me and to tutor me so that I could make it through that university. I graduated from the University Summa Cum Laude, then went to Rama Bible Training Center. Yes. Went to Rama Bible Training Center. And after doing all of that, the Lord had given me, Lisa, a vision of what he was going to do. The Lord told me, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to the nations, he said. I'm going to take you to the world. And I thought the Lord meant he was going to do it, you know, tomorrow. And I was ready. A year went past, two years went past, three years went past, nothing happened. I, as I told your pastor, I never planned to come back to Michigan. It was not in my plan. I was going to stay in Tulsa and be launched from Tulsa. Things started shutting down for me there in Tulsa. I was a member at the time of Bishop Carlton Pearson's church. You know the story about him, everything closed down, everything shut down. And the Lord told me to come back home. I came back home and reluctantly started serving at my dad's church. But I said, well, maybe the Lord will launch me into full-time ministry here. So I was on radio, I was on television here, I was traveling across the nation, I had been overseas, I had connected with a Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, I was going to their ministry, they had been to our ministry, Brother Copeland had laid hands on me, prophesied over me. I was doing great. I was right at, right, at, right at the edge of seeing something, a dream that I had coming to pass. And then all of a sudden, my father got sick. And when my father got sick, I loved my father and mother. I had to stop what I was doing to take care of him. I was trusting in God that God was going to give us a miracle and that God was going to give him a new kidney. I was believing that. I'll never forget the day we were getting ready to go out of town and we went to the doctor's office just to find out what his creatinine was that day. And the doctor told us, Mr. Brooks, You've got to go on dialysis. And my dad said, okay, I'll do it when I get back in town. They said, oh no, you gotta go on dialysis right now, today, or else you're not gonna make it. My dad went on dialysis and I started taking care of him and cooking his food for him, and then we went on peritoneal dialysis where I could do the dialysis at home, and I could travel with him all over and help him do the dialysis. I had to put everything I was doing on hold. I, I came off television. I came off radio. 
I had to stop doing the Bible studies that I was doing in Southfield, Michigan because I had to give my time to my father. I knew I was doing the right thing. But my dreams were put on hold. And then finally, I got the call. They said, well, why don't you go through the testing to see if you can give your dad a kidney? I said, me? I'm already taking care of him. I'm already taking him to dialysis, doing his dialysis for him. Me? I can't do that. I'm the caregiver. Let, let mom do it. My mother said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm diabetic. I can't do that. I can't do that. I won't be able to do that. I said, well, let my brother do it. They said, oh, he's overweight. He can't do it. They said, but you can do it. They took me through the testing and come to find out I was a perfect match. I was a perfect match for my father. My mother had, before I was born, my mother had eight children and lost all of them by miscarriage. That's why my name is Faith. I was the first one that she was able to give birth to. And so I'll never forget that day five years ago in February at Henry Ford Hospital, we were getting ready to go in surgery. And my dad came in the room and he said, are you really going to do this for me? I said, Dad, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. I'm not just doing this for you. I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing this for God. And we went into surgery and I gave my dad that kidney. He's alive today and he's doing well. He's doing well. There's nothing too hard for God. God is able to turn your situation around. He may not come in the direction that you think he's going to come. He may not come when you want him, but he will be right on time. After I gave my dad that kidney, I was in the hospital the next day and I was, I was just weeping and I was weeping and the nurses came in. They said, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with you, Miss Brooks? And I said, I did what the Lord told me to do. I did it. The enemy began to speak to my mind and he said to me, now, what are you going to do? Look, you no longer have your ministry. You're not traveling. You're not able to travel. You don't feel good. Everything that you work so hard for, it's over. That's what he said to me. He said, it's over. And for a while, I had a pity party. And I sat down in that pity party and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I told the people, I said, I'm not going to be able to minister anymore. It's over for me. I'm too old. And the Lord spoke in my spirit one night in the midnight hour. And he said, get up. Get up. He said, I have more in store for you. 
I have more in store for you. It's not over until I say it's over. And he said, I'm telling you, you shall live and not die and declare the glory of the Lord. said he said stop feeling sorry for yourself stop talking about how bad it is how rough it is God says you walk by faith and not by sight you're not moved by what you see in the natural you're not moved by how you feel you're only moved by the word of God he said get up Get up and fight. Get up and fight. Fight like an overcomer. Fight like you've got the victory. Fight like you've got the Holy Ghost. Fight like you have the anointing. Fight like you have God on your side. Fight. Because your setback is a setup. your hands together and bless the Lord. Come on and bless him. Come on and bless him. It's not over. It's not over. Bible Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.